We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what's up? Casual Friday Talking Buffalo Podcast. Glad you could lock in today. I'm Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter at Moran Tweets. Show, of course, Friday show is sponsored by Casey's Black Rocket. As always, I got my man Joe Yurden with me. Dude, it feels, I don't know, these episodes, I hope anyway, are going to start feeling like a little more packed because now we finally got games to talk about, games to preview. The Bills already are underway. The Sabres are starting training camp in like literally a week from now. So hopefully it's going to, well, it is going to be busy. Hopefully it's good stuff to talk about. Yeah, that We'll, we'll see what happens. What's going on? That would buddy? be nice. It'd be nice to have good stuff to talk about. We we figured the Bills were going to have good stuff to talk about. Then, whoops, whoops. Because <laughs> the Sabers, we already know yeah, exactly. We, we we already got an idea what they're going to be about. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk about both today, and and like I said, packed episode. We're going to do our a starting five draft, twenty first century TV comedies. Got a couple of Bises things actually for you as well, because no one ever talks about the damn Bises. They're about to win their division. That's pretty cool. I'll get to that, but let me start here, man. And again, I got a lot of that I want to squeeze in today. This is a, I know this is rhetorical and I just had Joe from Queens on the podcast a couple of days ago. All right. So I'm asking you a question ahead of time. I know that's rhetorical when it comes to like the vaccination policies that the bills and the Sabres have announced. Uh, so I'm not really going to ask you so much about that, but I do want to ask you if you think that do you think attendance? All right. So when it comes to the bills and when it comes to the Sabres, I don't think it's going to matter much with the bills. Maybe you disagree, but when it comes to people buying tickets and going to the games, for everyone out there living under a rock, you have to be vaccinated. Now, if you want to go to a bills or a Sabres game or actually any event at the stadium or the arena that goes for concerts, any future wrestling events, stuff like that. Anyway, for the time being, when it comes to the bills, do you think it's going to have any real effect and the number of you know people in the seats, and with the Sabers who probably are going to struggle to put asses in the seats to begin with, without this policy, this might make it tougher for them. Like, what are your thoughts on that? How it might affect fans going to games, like attendance wise. When this when this first thing happened, uh, when when this got announced, I was <laughs> I was thinking about this because the resale prices for Bills games have been really high. I mean, they were really high for the sure. for the opener, obviously, but. Um, but like future games, you're thinking, you're thinking like, well, this is going to be a really damn good team. Tickets are going to be pricey because there is nobody's going to want to sell their tickets. Uh, you know, there's no way. 
So this comes up and I, my first thought immediately was like, boy, I wonder how, how cheap tickets are going to be <laughs> now because people are just going to be like, ah, screw this. I just got to get out of there. You know, like I can't go to games now. This is, this is bogus. And honestly, I was like, cool, good. There, you don't have an attendance problem. There's going to be tons of people that are like, I don't want to spend 200 bucks for a ticket to a game. But if these if these dummies are just going to be like, yeah, forget it. I'm just going to sell my tickets. You're going to sell it for nothing. Okay. <laughs> like I just right. got to get rid of these damn things. Like, oh, okay, cool. There's going to be a line of a thousand people ready to, to snatch them up and go to the game for less than 200 bucks a seat. Like, why not? Sure. Like, I, I don't think there's, I don't think you're going to suffer at all. You're going to have a lot of people. I mean, we, there's been a ton of people bitching and complaining about this, but like, my pay- bitching and complaining and doing something about it are completely right. different things. I know there's going to be a, I know personally a lot of people who have bill season tickets who hate the new policy or bitching and, and moaning. At the end of the day, they're going to go get a, a needle in their mm-hmm. arm and they're going to be at the next home game on the 26th. So that, that's what the bills, and I agree with you 100%. I don't think attendance is going to be affected. It's one of those, well, you're not going, but the next guy's going to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I get that with the bills. But what about the Sabres, though? What about Keybank Arena? I mean, we saw last year. Fans, what, it was over a year before it's got to go to a game. They put a limited amount of seats together. They couldn't even sell, what, 2,000 yeah. seats. Now, again, you know, different time, different story, different theme last year. But even this year, man, I mean, do you think attendance is going to be affected negatively by this? Because this is a team, unlike the Bills, that are not very good and might struggle to sell seats even without any COVID protocols. That's, that's my question is, would you be able to notice? <laughs> would you notice there's a difference? Uh, because... I'm not feeling very good about what their attendance is going to be like this year and just period. And if there's going to be a handful of people that are just going to be like, yeah, forget it. I'm not going to go. Are are you going to notice? Like you're not going to notice on, on camera. I mean, maybe they'll notice, you know, considering they're not selling the tickets, but I, I, I I can't imagine it's going to be that big of an issue. I mean, there's bigger problems for the savers in general when it comes to this, like if, if they lose like a, like a couple hundred people because of this, I mean, maybe that hurts them. Maybe it hurts the Sabres, but I I can't see it being too stark of a difference because I just think people aren't ready to drop tons of money on this team because they're not going to be very good. Uh, again, I know rhetorical, but I'll get on the record and get your thoughts on just having to get shots to get into the stadium. Are you a little bit surprised? that they made this official this week. Again, I had Joe on the show a couple of days ago and the only surprise that he expressed was that this wasn't done earlier. You know, that, that, that they waited to now. Like the timing is pretty interesting. They just had a home game where this wasn't a requirement and now before the next one, it will be. Are you a little bit surprised? I know at the timing, if nothing else. It is a little surprising. Um, I saw that Poland Cars had mentioned that they wanted to get this done before the season and that, you know, different hurdles got in the way that they couldn't do it, which I imagine one of those hurdles was like, we don't want to have everybody super mad going into the game. But I, that makes me believe though, that the first game was kind of a, a, a test run. Like somebody wanted it. Somebody wanted to see like, well, uh, we, we got this policy in place. You got to be masked up in the concourse. Like every, you know, let's just see how it works. And then you're watching the game. There's not anybody wearing a mask. I mean, you didn't have to wear no. them in the stands, but like, if you're not wearing it in the stands, are you wearing it to go up to the concourse? Hell no. Like nobody is. Nobody was going to. And then they saw it happen. And then 
you know, Paul and Cars mentioned that they had they did contact tracing with somebody who was at the Billy Joel concert who went to a Bills preseason game, and they're just like, yeah, no, this, you know, it's somebody who had gotten COVID, and they're just like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So I, yeah. I'm a hundred percent. I mean, I've, I mean, I've been very adamant about getting getting vaccinated. The whole thing, like, I'm very pro this. Um, I, I like I. I w- I'm in the same boat as Joe from Queens. Like I wish, I wish this was done before the season, but it's been hilarious to me to watch people just melting down about this and just losing their head and just being like, I can't go watch my team now. It's like, no, you can. It's very easy. Go get a shot. Why well, I don't want to yeah. do that. Tough shit. <laughs> like, and the, the one thing that's bugged me though, is that a lot of attention is being drawn to like, to like Cole Beasley. And I think, uh, Reed, yeah, Reed, Reed Ferguson, Ferguson, who were like, they're like, hey man, if you come see us on the road, we'll buy your tickets. Like, nah, dude, don't don't reward morons is my thing. Like, you know, right. don't don't reward bad behavior or like belligerent behavior. And like, I know in Beasley's case, like, he's just he's just a dumbass. But like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what to expect. I didn't know what I I didn't ex- I should have expected it, but I'm just still kind of like, man, really, you're gonna do that. And then some of the TV stations are very quick to run up and be like, hey, look, the players are doing a really good thing. Like, no, they're not. Shut up. I I, I agree 100%. If you want to, for whatever reason, if if your stance remains that you don't want to get the vaccination, I I guess that's one thing. But yeah, you're, you are. You're essentially telling people, hey, don't go get the shot because I'll reward you by buying your ticket to a road game. I don't agree with that at all. And I'm, my surprise, I don't know Cole Beasley. You know, yeah. I don't I don't know him personally at all. I've never had a conversation with him in my life. I only, you know, read what everyone else reads or listen to, to what everyone else listens to. I do know Reed Ferguson. I, I have had conversations with him. I've had him on this show live. I did a show with him. I I love Reed. Mm-hmm. I respect Reed. I just I don't agree though. You yeah. know, I mean that's just the way it goes. Uh, yeah, and, and you make up a, a great point too, by the way. You brought up a great point. I, I think that first game kind of was a test run. I didn't pay much attention, quite frankly, to to the presser that, that when they announced it. But I did see that Poland Cars did say that he was kind of appalled that first game and how pretty much nobody was doing what they were supposed to yeah. do. So, yeah, nothing about it should be surprising. I guess maybe, like I said, that, that it wasn't done earlier. But you bring up a good point. They Maybe they wanted to give it a look first and see if people were, were going to Well, listen. it's like, it seems to be the big motivator to do things around here is to get embarrassed like in one way or another, like one way or another where people, lots of people are noticing. Cause I think back to when this whole shit started and it was right before St. Patrick's day weekend. And like that, like the cases were coming up, the whole Rudy Gobert thing happens, you know, they shut down all the sports and you're just like, Oh, this is bad. Oh, this is really bad. Okay. So they're going to close things down. And like around here, they didn't close all the bars yet. They were like, that was, they were just kind of like, yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. And then they were telling people, you know, socially distance, you know, mask up when you're out, blah, 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 blah. And then you got video of everybody out at the bars on say like out on Chippewa street on St. Patrick's weekend. And nobody has a mask on every, it's like a super spreader event downtown. And immediately Poland cars was like, this is bullshit that closes down. Like we're closing everything down just because this, this cannot, this cannot be like that. So if you get, I mean, it's, it's personal responsibility in all of this. And it, there's a lot of people that just don't give a shit about other people. And like, that's, 
it's the whole basis of it. And they're just kind of like, ah, well, I won't get it. Like, sure you won't. Okay. S- smart thing. Like, yeah. Oh, my body can handle it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. Okay. But man, oh man. But it's, but you <laughs> well, have to get like, it's insane that you have to get embarrassed on like a, a wide scale to be able to, to put anything into action. I agree. And you're a hundred percent right. I, I laugh and it's no, there's nothing funny about what you're saying. I mean, it, it's true. And I agree with you hundred percent. I only laugh because as bad as it is in Buffalo, when you talk about things that are embarrassing, when how people are handling it, I just think back to the last year and a half or so that I was yeah. in Florida and at least here in Buffalo, like when I go into Wegmans, I do see, and again, it's not mandatory. So I'm not blasting any, I don't wear a mask. I'm fully vaccinated. I go to Wegmans. I'm not wearing a mask. So I'm not criticizing yeah. anybody. What I'm, I'm only pointing out is that I still see a significant amount of people in Western New York who are going to stores and doing things and wearing masks. I still even see people walking up and down the street outside with a mask on. I see people in some extreme cases, which I've never understood, but to each their own. People even when in their, in their car by themselves, they have a mask on. And I'm still seeing that mm-hmm. today. And I was only laughing because I just think back in Florida where it's like literally nobody yeah. wore a mask, uh, you know, anywhere. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I do think, obviously, there's there's verbal backlash, but I don't think ultimately at the end of the day, I, I think the stadium, Highmark Stadium, is still going to be packed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sold out. And I think there will be attendance problems with the Sabres, but I also think there were going to be attendance problems with the Sabres <laughs> if COVID never existed just because this team is uh, absolutely pathetic at this point right now. But anyway, all right, so let's talk Bills for a second here. We're not going to rehash the game. I mean, that shit's old news right now. That was, all, you know, nearly a week ago at this point. Um, I, I do want to talk for a minute, though, about the Miami game. Not necessarily X's and O's in matches, mm-hmm. matchups, but, like, the importance of this game. Now, it's crazy to say week two that uh, uh, it's a must win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the season's not over if the Bills lose. But I do think, and I, I want to get your opinion on this, I think this is as must win for a week two game as it gets, because you're playing a divisional rival, uh, a team that is one and zero. You're zero and one. If you lose this game, now you're zero and two. They're two games up. Essentially, they're three games up because they'll own that tiebreaker for the time mm-hmm. being. And this ain't the NHL, man. It ain't any? There's not eighty-two games. Yeah. This ain't the NBA. This ain't Major League Baseball. There's even with one extra game. There's still only seventeen games. And I probably should have looked it up if I'm going to talk about it. But I know that that history shows that teams that start zero and two in the NFL. It's not a high percentage of teams that make the playoffs. So this, make no mistake about it, man. I'm, I'm not in panic mode quite yet, but I think this is a very important game. What do you I think? Th- I think it's important from the perspective of they got to get back on the horse here. Like everything going into that first game was just like, oh man, Steelers are down. Like they don't look like they're going to be a very good team. Uh, the bills are way, you know, stocks are way up on the bills. Like they're going to throw the ball all over the place. They're going to do this, that, and everything else. And none of that happened. The Steelers played a very disciplined game. They played a very, they played they, great. They, they, as, almost as perfect a game as you can. Like off their offense was eh, like whatever, but Bill's defense was really good. I thought, you know, you give yeah. up a, a shitty touchdown on a block punt. Okay. Like that stinks, but, um, but I mean, the Steelers played as perfect defensively as you can. Like they, Bills tried rolling out all the tricks and they didn't buy in any of it. Like they, they didn't, right. they were just like, nope, nope, nope. Bring, you know, throw your best at us. We got you. And so for me, I want, if I'm the Bills, I want Allen to have a classic Allen game against the Dolphins because he's, which he, he always he seems to have too. Them. So I, I, I want to see that. I don't want to see him in his head again. 
Because I think he was in his own head last week where he's just like, man, Little all bit. these plays I was doing last year and they're they're working and now they're not. It's like, well, dude, you got you got like a couple seconds less to to get the throwaway. So yeah, I don't I don't I get it, but um, but yeah, I it, it, it's it's important just because the, like they got to get got to get the feelings back to good again, and it's gonna be difficult because I think Miami's. I mean, we've talked about Miami a ton, and. You know, I weird game with New England last week. So, I mean, I I I have no idea what New England's about. I don't really have any idea what Miami's about either. But, but I mean, you look at the way Miami's built on the D the D side. They seem like they're gearing up to to be able to hang with teams like like Buffalo, like Cleveland, like Kansas City. They want to, like that's what they want to do. But I don't know, man. It's I, like everybody was getting mad. The Bills weren't like running the ball enough, and I'm just like, no, 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 no throw the ball, like get better pass blocking and throw the ball. Like that's, that's yeah. everything you need because the, the only times the Buffalo was able to really move the ball. Well, was when they shortened up the pass routes and Allen was like taking three steps and just gunning it for somebody on a slant, which that's not the pass game they want to be running, but like they were moving the ball at least, you know, anytime they try to go deep, it just was, they had no chance. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I think you bring up a, an interesting point when, when you were talking about Josh Allen, and it's one that I agree with. Look, at the end of the day, these guys are professional athletes and elite athletes, and in some cases, like Josh Allen, among the best quarterbacks on this earth. But that said, they are human, and confidence matters, and you, you talked about getting inside your own head a little bit. I, I, I was asked personally, and plus I saw a lot of talk on Twitter, like what was the play of the game? And to me... It actually was early in that game, and that first, I think it was even the first quarter. Emmanuel Sanders got behind the defense wide open. It would have been a 55-yard touchdown, and Josh overthrew him. If he connects, he connects. His, his mind space might be different. He's confident. He's ready. He's rolling. He got over, you know, the whole fans being there and all the expectations and the big contract, yada, yada, yada. That's all in the past now. I just hit on a long pass. Let's roll, man. Let's rock, you know? But he missed that, and I kind of feel yeah. like he was a little – at times indecisive, at times late throwing the ball, at times I think he even showed a little bit of what, what people call arm arrogance. Like there were more underneath stuff. There were some dump offs of running backs. They could run some screens, whatever have you. They they got away from that and he was forcing a lot of stuff in the like double coverage downfield. And that's what sometimes they call arm arrogance. I'm not worried about Josh. And I do think Miami is like the perfect bounce back opportunity because I think Josh Allen's been AFC Offensive Player of the Week three times already. Against the Dolphins. Yeah. Dude's only in his fourth year in the league and only his third full year as, as a starter. I'm not worried about Josh. I think Josh is going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I am worried about, though, Joe. One game, we don't like to overreact on, on one game. I, I'm completely with that. But like I said earlier in this week, the theme of the podcast with Joe from Queens was let's not underreact either. That offensive line got utterly dominated by a mm-hmm. Pittsburgh front four that didn't blitz. I mean, they literally didn't blitz. I think they blitzed once the entire once game. Twice. That front four, yeah. right, that front four just completely handled, they manhandled the Buffalo offensive line. I am concerned about that. The guards we knew might be an issue. I thought John Feliciano was absolutely horrifically bad. He was terrible. He got embarrassed by Casey Hayward. And Deion Dawkins, I'm concerned about him. I mean, I hate having to go back to COVID, but we had to. Because he did have COVID. He was out a couple weeks. He talked about it very openly and candidly how sick he got from it. That he was scared he was going to die at one point. He did not look good 
at all. That might have been the worst I've ever seen him play. He looked slow, and uh, it, was, it wasn't T.J. Watt. It was the other guy. It wasn't Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram just absolutely owned him. Darrell Williams probably had his worst game as a Buffalo Bill. This offensive line, I think it's not too early to, you don't want maybe you don't want to take a sledgehammer and, and break the panic button, but you better at least start tapping it a little bit because I, that offensive line, I'm concerned about them right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I, I don't know about I, you, but I, I would be 100% concerned. The fact that Pittsburgh didn't have to blitz at all to get pressure is a bad sign because then it, it helps out their pass coverage because then you don't have to bring any linebackers or send a safety in on a blitz. You can just keep you can just keep seven guys back. You're covering everything. Like you can man up on your receivers, and then you got still a couple other guys floating around out there, just covering the underneath. They didn't even have to spy Allen. Like it, the thing that gets me with Dable's offense, and Dable had a bad day. He uh, like his play calling was very bad. Shit, um, hated. That, it. I yeah. mean, it was just bad all day. And his default when things get rough is to do is to call running plays for Allen because then it's like, oh, it keeps him honest. Like, nah, dude, like they weren't buying it. Like they had enough guys back in coverage. They, they didn't have to run a spy. They didn't have to do any of that stuff. It's just the front four, the uh, Steelers defense, all they had to do was do stunts and, and cross-ups and, and whatnot. And they were able to get a guy in the backfield or just like, it's just a straight up bull rush. They were, they were behind. And so Allen, then Allen's just kind of flummoxed and he's got to go, uh, what do I got to do here? So you're thinking by calling the runs, you're going to be able to loosen up their defense. Nope. <laughs> like Allen didn't break a run for like 20, 30 yards. Like it just didn't happen. Like there, none of that stuff was there. And every time Allen ran, he got freaking popped. So like, yeah. I, like th at that point, I got to be like, I can't call these anymore. He's going to get wrecked out there. Like I can't risk your quarterback. So, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff, like that, that's always bothered me about, Dable's calls like if the if things aren't going he just calls runs for Allen thinking it's going to change things up and the Steelers just didn't bite they're just like oh, whatever man we got you like that's fine so it, it well from that point on it was just like I don't even know what you're doing there but like the O-line bad like that was a very bad performance and when you when you're not getting when the other team is getting their full full rush on and they don't have to do anything extra man that's that's a that's a huge win for them well, the blueprint for beating a team like the Bills, actually the blueprint for beating almost any quarterback ever in the history of the NFL is quite simple. If you could get pressure on a quarterback and you only got to rush four and you don't got to blitz and you get to have an extra one or two defenders in coverage, that's going to make life hell for a quarterback. Now, that said, I don't think there, it's easier said than done. You know, there's not many teams that have a front four capable of generating that pressure without having to blitz. Pittsburgh clearly is one of those teams, which by the way, in hindsight now looking back you and i did did the same thing as everyone yeah. did pretty much we overlooked the steelers oh, that is a they're not a great team they're not an elite team but that is a very good defense with a very good front four and a very good secondary you know we could talk about the defensive line all day that secondary you miss any tackles no. man those the bills receivers were catching short passes they were not breaking tackles and turning them into long plays so let's give pittsburgh a lot of credit here but anyway my point was pittsburgh who else? Washington, the Bills play, Tampa. Those are teams that have good enough front fours that I think they could generate pressure. Mm -hmm. But that said, man, no blitzes, no no tricks, no stunts, no schemes. This was just man-on-man. -man, and that's what concerns me about this offensive line because you should be able to block mm -hmm. it. You should be able to block it. And I understand sometimes when you're tight, you come out tight, opening game. Like I could see Josh being laid on some throws. I could see receivers dropping some balls because maybe they're tight. But this, this ain't schematic. This is just man-on-man. -man. There's a guy in front of you. 
stop him from hitting our quarterback within three seconds. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the Bills did a very lousy job in protecting Josh Allen, it it does concern me uh, for the future. And I do think that it's not an overreaction to to be worried about this as a problem that lingers. I think if there's, besides injuries, obviously injuries and COVID are the X factor for 32 teams right now in the NFL. But if you take away that, I think the X factor right now, the biggest concern for the Buffalo Bills going forward, based on even this one game, has to be the offensive line. It has to be, yeah, right? No, it, it 100% has to be, because if they aren't going, you're not getting anything done. Because, I mean, you're, you're talking about Allen probably having to do like a chuck and duck offense where it's like, three steps and just like heave it up and hope hopefully somebody gets underneath it um, or just dink and dunk all day long. The Bills don't want to do that. Like they don't want to do that. They don't want to do like a West coast style where like, Oh, Hey, maybe we'll run here. Like, uh, they don't really want to run. They want to throw the ball like running, you know, running's useful occasionally, but, but like even if they did any play action, I don't recall if they did or not, but if the bills did any play action, it didn't work. Like, cause they weren't able to run effectively. Like, like, oh, you got to run Singletary? Yeah, cool. Have fun. Matt Brady? Oh, yeah, great. Cool. Neat. He's going to run three yards and, and get brought down. Like, awesome. And, you know, I know Singletary broke a couple of runs in the second half, but, like, at that point, it was almost garbage time. Like, Steelers are up, you know, they're, Steelers are up two scores and they're just kind of like, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you want to run the ball? Have fun. <laughs> we'll, we'll tackle you on the field and they're, they're, you're going to lose time. So have fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Want to talk Sabres with Joe Yurden, but before that, real quick, man, I, I, I brought this up recently, and I'm going to bring it up again because Buffalo Bisons are hot. Mm. Right, they just had a recent a twelve game winning streak. Uh, they're about to win their division. the The Toronto Blue Jays are dead smack in the middle of a playoff race, and you know they're in a three way race basically for a wild card. With with then the Yankees in Boston, and it's actually been pretty exciting right now. That might come down to the last couple of games, and I've said this before. I might have even said it last week. Certainly within the last couple of weeks, I barely hear or see a peep from Buffalo sports fans right now. This answers my question. I don't even need to ask you this. I don't think Buffalo would ever fully support a Major League Baseball team. I think it was nice that the Blue Jays were in town and it was a nice fit at a time where I think fans really were craving some some sports to be able to sit in a stadium because the Bills hadn't played and there weren't fans there last year. It was It's something to do. And I do think there would be some following. I'm not saying they wouldn't have any fans. But in terms of anybody 
question if this team, or if this city would support a Major League Baseball team. I, I think the answer is no. It's a resounding no. There are fans. I just, I don't buy it. Nobody's talking about the Toronto Blue Jays on Twitter or Facebook. Nobody's even talking about the Bisons. Hell, man, I'm only talking about them right now because I'm doing a podcast <laughs> and because I looked up a couple stats before I jumped on with you, man. What, what, what's up? Yeah, with it's weird. They've won, like, what, 14 of the last 16. They just dropped the 20 yeah. spot of Rochester, like, the other night or something, or 12 spot, I think, or I don't know. Yeah. All can- and by the way, by the time we're taping this on Thursday, by the time people are hearing us on Friday, they might have already clinched their division. Right. The magic number was one going into today. But anyway, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, it's it's wild. But like we I think we discussed this before, like the second the Jays were out of town, nobody talked about them anymore. Like it was just like, mm-hmm. see, ya. it would have I would have been it would have been a lot more interesting if the Jays stayed here all season. And if they were still going here now, like in the middle of a playoff race, like which is batshit crazy to think that Buffalo could have hosted a big, you know, major league baseball playoff game. But like you've got that going on and then the bills going on. I would have been very, it'd be very interesting, especially with how hot the Jays have been of late too. Like it would have been really yeah. interesting to see how that would have played out, like, you know, mixing it up a little bit because it, it, I mean, it's the, it's the, 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 the price demands that, you know, the Jays were asking because, you know, the ticket prices were high and, Comparing that with the Bills, like if there was a Bills game and a Jays game at you know home games in the same day, like it'd be, it'd be interesting. Like you're talking sixty, you know, sixty, seventy thousand people in Buff, you know, down at Orchard Park, and then are you going to pack, you know, ten, ten, twelve thousand in in the stadium in Buffalo for baseball? I don't know, probably not, probably not. I mean, yeah. people were bailing out on going to Jays games anyways because it was too uh, it was too expensive, mostly like. People don't have a problem paying $100 for a ticket, but $100 for like each day when there's like, when you got like 30, 30 games to take care of, like that's a lot. And that's the problem with supporting a major league baseball team in a market like Buffalo. I'm not being, I'm not trying to offend Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, there are good fans. There's not enough. There's not enough. I don't think there is a supported team. Quite honestly, Joe, the Bisons have been great this year. I wouldn't even know. If I wasn't paying like a little more attention than the average person, I wouldn't even know the Bisons are playing home games in Buffalo right yeah. now. I think they were still wherever the hell they were playing before. <laughs> because I don't literally, I don't see pictures on Twitter of people taking selfies at, at, at Bisons games. You know what I mean? And this is a, a good team. Maybe it's just because it's just hard to, it's hard enough to financially support two teams. I mean, there's just not the finance there to, to really get out there and, and support a third team. And I get that. In a minor league baseball team, it's not like you could just stay home and watch all the games on Channel 4 or Fox every week like you get to with the Bills game or MSG for Sabres game. So, I mean, I understand it to an extent, but I don't know. It it just disappoints me a little bit that there's not more outward fan interest in in the Blue Jays and the Bisons because they're both good baseball teams. And again, I just came from Florida over the last five years where Tampa Bay, the Rays, are consistently one of the best teams in baseball and those shitty horrible overrated fan base they can't even get eight thousand people a night at the drop yeah. so you know it kind of bothers me just to see that happen a little bit with buffalo but as you well. know what the bisons this has always been their story it's always the way it is with the bisons like people like it's a nice thing to go to it's cheap to go to if you want to take in a game you can it's really easy and like this year it's even better because you're just dropping 10 bucks sit wherever you want like they don't there's like yeah no just come to a game sit sit where you want that's fine and like that, that to me is way cooler. <laughs> it's 10 bucks general admission to a baseball game. Hell yeah. Let's go, man. But, um, Lisa, what I, I think they're still doing that. They'll see. I mean, I'm very badly researched on this. I know they were doing that. Like right when they came back, I, I can't imagine they changed it up, but 
Um, but like that's how it is. Like it's they, they haven't been good in a while yeah. either. That's the other thing. I mean, they, it's been a good. Uh, I'm actually looking right now. It's been you have to go back to 2014. That's the last time they finished the season more than 10 games over uh, over 500. And holy shit, is this? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, they haven't made the playoffs since 2005. Yeah. I didn't know that until I'm literally just finding that out right now while I'm talking to you. So yeah, man, get get, get your ass to the stadium. Yeah. Maybe they will for the playoffs, you know, because they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, you know, well, you know who's not going to make they, the playoffs? Well, they, as I say, they got to get more fans for a Bison's game or a Sabres game. <laughs> they should because that's what a what a great segue that yeah. is. We want to know who's not going to make the playoffs. Right. Well, the Buffalo Sabres, the Sabres are. Uh, well, dude, I mean, it's it's yeah. starting. You know, last week I said. Or two weeks ago, this was the last week we were going to be talking uh, Buffalo Bills before we had some action to actually, you know, reflect on. And it's kind of the the same deal with the Sabres, man. The uh, training camp starts next Thursday. Preseason starts September 28th, so that's just a couple weeks away. Regular season begins, uh, what is it, October 14th at home against Montreal. So the time's almost there. By the way, some actual news to come out today right before we started taping. The NHL announced that the Sabres and the Leafs are going to play in the Heritage Classic at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton on March 13th. That game will be on TNT. That's pretty exciting. I might be a sarcastic either. I know I'm always condescending towards the Sabres, but that's actually pretty cool news. I yeah, think. no, that's awesome. Like, I, I've been dying to go to Tim Hortons Field for for a few years because I want to go see a Ticats game. I, I got I to gotta get a CFL game under my belt at some point. <laughs> and, like, that's that's a cool stadium. If if nobody's familiar with it, I, I think some people are – probably more familiar with than I am certainly by going to it, but it's such a cool venue. And like, they just revamped the stadium a little, you know, a couple of years ago and it's right smack in the middle of a neighborhood in the, in the middle of Hamilton. Like it's a cool place. Like that's a, that's a great spot. And I know people are just kind of like, how the hell did the Sabres get in that game? Fair question. <laughs> Fair question. How does a team that's going to be so sure. bad get in that game? But like, think of all the season ticket holders that they have in, in, you know, Southern Ontario, like from Hamilton all the way up to the, to the uh to like the uh the peace bridge that may or may not be able to go to games this year like probably can't go to games that's a lot of canadian it's a lot of canadians that aren't going to be able to get across the border with ease or at all sure to go see a game because that's how it is right now and so like that's kind of throwing them a bone uh, granted doing it march 13th i get it I think I, I do wonder how the weather's going to be. <laughs> if it's going to be okay, like it could be, could be nice, could be not nice, could be terrible, could be hot. I don't know. Like weather's weird here, but, um, but yeah, like that's kind of throwing a bone to those fans in Southern Ontario. Like, geez, you know, sorry you can't come over with your seasons. Try to beat out all the Leafs fans for a ticket over at Tim Hortons Field. Good luck. It'll be fun. It'll be fun because it's the Leafs, of course. And by the way, this, so this weekend is the Sabres Prospect Challenge as well. Uh, two games. In fact, so again, this drops Friday. They're playing tonight against New Jersey. New Jersey? So. Yeah, 7 p.m., 10 bucks a ticket. Um, a couple guys of, of interest. 2020 first-round pick, Jack Quinn. He's been featured and talked about prominently for good reason. Again, he was a, the first-round pick just a, a year ago. Also of note, he's playing center, at least at these practices. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to give him a look at center here. What are your thoughts on that? How close is this dude to being on the roster right now? Do you think? Uh, I don't think very close. Like I maybe in another year, maybe like, but probably by the end of the year, we'll see him in some games, but I don't know. I, he was, 
I mean, he was young, young-ish. He was 19 playing in the AHL last year. That's tough. Like, that's tough. Like, that, and the AHL was weird last year because, uh, because they had the taxi squads for the NHL. So it, it was an AHL ECHL sort of mixed roster. So it's, it's, it's different competition. It's a little like, it's a little weirder. And like, you, you cut him a break, but there is still a handful of guys from his draft class that were able to play there last year and have a lot of success. And it was just like, okay, man, like, okay. Now, mind you, Amherst weren't that great last year. Like, they had a very, that was a very tough roster put together. Seth Appert's got a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot of balls in the air to juggle. Like, that's, that's a lot to handle. But, um, but I'm going to be very interested to see how he plays this year. And the guy that's playing on his line uh, at this, JJ Paterka, uh, the German kid, um, very interested in seeing him, seeing him play because I think, that might be one of their sneaky studs because he was like, what, a second round pick last year? Yeah, yeah 34th overall. So yeah. he's a kid that I think is going to be able to pop off a little bit because I think he's got some he's got some real skills. Quinn, I don't like the fact that he's playing center. I think I, I, I probably bitched about this one other time before. I hate that they're playing him at center. I absolutely. I was just going to ask you it. that, Joe, because it's like I've heard you. I've heard. Other people on Twitter and stuff, they're saying, well, if, if you're going to draft Jack Quinn or Jack Quinn and play him at center, why don't you just take Marco Rossi or, or Cole Perfetti, yeah. the two centers who went right after right. him in the draft? And they are centers. Mm-hmm. So that's surprising. Is Paterka probably a kid who's going to be in Rochester, you yes. think, this year? Yeah, no, Paterka's going to be yeah. in Rochester. And I'm like I said, I'm very anxious to see how he looks because there's a lot of skill there. He plays a very upfront game. Like he's a strong four checker. He's quick, um, good hands. The whole like the whole nine. Like he's got he's got a lot of good stuff going on there. Like sometimes you have to you know you have to kind of put it in a its own basket because the German league isn't as good as you know the Swedish league or the or the Finnish league. But um, but he's still he's still you know eighteen playing against pros. You know pro level guys. You know veteran players in Germany. So like that's there might be something there. Like I'm. I'm be yeah. very, very interested to see how he performs this week. Because honestly, like, if you're a first round, you know, first round pick talent player playing at a prospect challenge, you better stand out. Like, you gotta, you gotta kind of jump out because it's gonna be. I mean, there's gonna be other first round type talent kids there, but there's gonna be a lot of other guys who are not that level that, you know, you, that you should probably be better than. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, a lot there are, and there's plenty of unsigned. You know, there's. Uh... Play one sign free agents mm-hmm. at at this prospect. One one guy who's also going to be the R two uh, Rusellini, and he he might be the Sabers. From what I'm reading, this dude might be the Sabers opening night third line center. Yeah, he might I mean, be. That could yeah. happen. I I think oh. that's very possible. It's weird that he's at this though, because he's been he's played in the Finnish league for for a few years. He played in Rochester and Buffalo last year. Um. I don't know that he needs to be there. I know he's on an he's on an entry level deal, but like he doesn't need to be there with like be the old man around, <laughs> around like quote unquote old man around these around these young guys. Like because he's he's way more seasoned. He's way he's got way more way more games under his belt than than everybody else there. Pro games. Sure. So I I don't like that he's there. It would have been nice to see Cousins there. He technically still could have gone, but I get I get it. Like I get like. Save him for main camp. Save him for ever. I understand, but like, probably your first line center, yeah, or definitely your second line yeah. center. He's one of your top. He's a top six center. Right. 
and I, going, going into the season, like what man. the 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 uh, prospect challenge like two years ago, he broke his thumb or he dislocated his thumb during it. So like, I get they're probably just like, that's not take any chances. This guy's this guy's yeah. gonna be our top center. Let's just not screw around like that. I get it, but uh, but yeah, no, Rutzelainen, he's good. He's I mean, he's got a nice shot. He's small, but who cares? Like he plays quick. He's he's a tenacious forechecker. Doesn't mind throwing the body around a little bit for you know. Again, he's a smaller guy. I know. Let's see. Let's see what he's got. Put put him at number three center. I'm fine with that. Like one last thing, Joe. And again, next week we will have a a deep dive, so to speak, into uh, Sabres training camp because it'll be starting. So we'll spend a lot more time talking Sabres next week. I got to say this though, man. This front office somehow, some way, or media relations, public relations, whatever you want to call it. They just find ways to shoot themselves in the foot time and time again. The jokes write themselves. The criticisms are just too easy. Why did the Buffalo Sabres give uh, Aaron Dell number 30? Why is Ryan Miller's number not retired? This guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And, and his number in Buffalo, who's probably the second greatest goalie in the history of this franchise, man, and certainly one of the most popular players in franchise history, why, why are they giving out, and I'll do respect Aaron Dell, why are they giving rejects Ryan Miller's number 30, man? Why, why, why do uh, that? It's, I don't get it. I, I, I do not get it. I hope this is a thing that, like, there'll be some blow, there's a, there's definitely blowback from it on Twitter. People being yep. like, what, what are you guys doing? Like, this has happened before. Um, when they traded for Michael Neuvert, uh, back in what, 2014? I think it was 2014, 2015. Um, when they announced, they're like, he'll be number 30. And people were like, what? No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not going to be 30 because he, they just traded Ryan Miller. And you're just like, wait, you're just going to give his number out like that? Just right away, immediately to a guy that's probably not going to stick around here very long. Like, cool. Great, great work. And then they were just like, yeah, no, actually, that's a bad idea. Let's <laughs> let's not. And so far in Neuvert's career, this is the only place he's never been able to wear 30. Like that's been his number through his whole career, but he didn't wear it here. Why? Because of Ryan Miller. Now, Aaron Dell used to wear 32 when he played at North Dakota. I I don't know that he's worth, I, I could look it up right now, but um, I don't know that 30 has actually been his number through his career. Maybe it has, like his NHL career, but like, I don't know, man, like throw 32 on him. Like, are you worried that Rob Ray's going to be mad or like John Scott's going to come back like and and, and punch <laughs> Aaron Dell in the head for wearing 32? No, like a goal like it's more of a goalie's number than it is a, a fours number no no disrespect intended for rob ray because he certainly earned his he certainly earned the respect of, of getting to wear that number but 30 like no man like that's good it should be in the rafters like soon like i know they don't do sabers hall of fame stuff anymore or for whatever reason like they just don't i don't know if because they don't want to spend the money to put more pictures and names on the, on the wall downstairs or what but Man, right. oh man, just figure it out. Like, just like, hmm, who's worn 30 here recently? I don't know. Is there a guy? I don't know. It's probably some goalie back in the day. I don't know. Oh, Ryan Miller. Right. Yeah. The winningest American goaltender in history. Um, Vezina winner with Buffalo. Like, I, is Terry going to throw some money at him? Is Terry going to throw some money at him at some point to be a coach? He's getting into coaching now. Yeah. He, be pretty cool would be nice little, if nothing else a nice little pr stunt can't see him again when everybody wanted him to sign here for like his last year like 
It's like he ain't leaving Southern California. Like him and Noreen are good, man. Like they're good in Southern California. They love the life out there. He's got his son Bodie. Like, nah, man, he's good. Like, I love Miller's Twitter profile. Uh it says like he's a he's now a Pee a Pee GM, Pee hockey GM. And I'm like, that's cool, man. Like, that's nice. But like, yeah, let, let's keep let's keep the good memory. Let's keep the good memories of Ryan Miller. Let's not have a another Pat Lafontaine no. situation. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we're coming back. Didn't work out so well. Um, all right, so here's how we'll end. We're we're gonna well, we're gonna do our starting five draft. Here's why I'm excited. All right, I won. That's cool. We'll talk about that in a second. Because dude, I well, I broke a four week losing streak, so that's pretty cool. Before that, this is why I'm excited. I went and I, and I looked it up, dude. Mm-hmm. We've done 16 drafts. 16, okay? This was quite literally, last week we drafted HBO best, uh, or best HBO series yes. characters for quite literally the first time in 16 weeks. We had a, a close yes. vote. That's what I'm excited about. Every single hole we've done, and obviously far more times than not, it was you out in front of me. <laughs> But they were all blowouts. Yeah. I think like sixty. I I think sixty-two to thirty-eight was the next closest vote that we had ever had before this week. Um, again, I broke a four-week losing streak. I am happy about mm-hmm. that. I had lost eleven of our last twelve, which is just utterly embarrassing. That's some Detroit Lions uh, yes. level. Uh, they got those no, that's team there fair. performing by me. Uh, let Let's recap the. Uh, actually, before we recap it, so. I went up and I looked up the history again because this is just so rare, A, that I win, and even more rare, B, that it was close. Here's what we've done in uh, in chronological order since we've started doing our starting five drafts together. And I'll go from most recent uh, to the oldest. Karaoke songs, best hair bands, Billy Joel songs, favorite months of the year, Olympic sports, arena anthems, overrated TV shows. Favorite wrestlers, animated series, sports movies, sports movie characters, best gangster movies, best HBO original series, TV theme songs, and 20th century TV shows. So we 16 of uh, drafts we've had. Again, none of them have been close. I won before this one, two. I won Olympic sports, which you still protest to this day. And HBO original series. Now I did win this week HBO series characters. So I guess HBO is my thing. I've only gotten two wins out of 60 or three wins out of 16 categories. And two of them have been on the HBO side. So if I keep every week, if I find a way to to have nothing but HBO stuff, maybe I'll be good uh, for the long term. But anyway, 52 to 48. That was the vote. That's how close it was. That's fun. I like that. That was exciting because every week we do this. I put the poll out at 3 4 o'clock on Friday afternoons. And by seven o'clock, it's already a fucking blowout. <laughs> and I'm just going through the motions. And then it becomes making fun of Pat. He sucks at this. Everyone's talking shit to me. So <laughs> it was nice just to go through this weekend and actually look at it and say, oh shit, this is close. This is close. Because mm-hmm. it was close the entire time. That was fun. 52 to 48. I had Larry David, Omar Little, Ari Gold, Arya Stark, Christopher Moltisanti. You had Tony Soprano, Al Swearingen, Tyrion Lannister, Selena Meyer, and Stringer Bell. Looking back now, is there any vote that you or a guy that you drafted or a woman that you drafted that you think might have hurt you just a little bit? Because again, for once in a poll, all it took was just a little bit or 
Now, do you feel completely confident with what you did? No, I, I have no regrets whatsoever. Uh, none, yeah. none whatsoever. Yeah, I, if there's a regret, it's that I'm sad that Michael, Michael K. Williams passed away. Passed away. Yeah. Like I'm sad about Might that. Have gave me a little bit of a you, nudge. You got a little bit of a a boost from Sentimental that, like because because only because Omar was very fresh in everybody's minds. It's like oh god, like and brilliant character, zero qualms about any of that. Like that's that's fine. But you got a little bit more of a boost. I think if we maybe we did this. Next week, when that Sopranos movie uh, hits, or like the beginning of October, that you know, and then Tony Sopranos in the front of everybody's mind because it's going to be talked about a ton. Maybe that changes things up. I, I don't know. I this was the most fair result. I think fifty two forty eight. Even if it was fifty one forty nine, I think it would have been a perfect, perfect turnout for this, regardless of who won, because that's the way it should be. Honestly. <laughs> I agree, and, and you have a fair point too. If this had been a little bit later with the Sopranos, you might have got a little bit of a nudge there. Or had this been a couple weeks earlier before Michael K. Williams sadly passed away, maybe I don't get that little. I might have gotten a little bit of a nudge with, for taking Omar Little because of that. I'll, whatever, I'll take whatever. <laughs> Wins a win. Give a shit, bro. We've done. <laughs> I'm three and thirteen in our drafts right now. Okay, let's just put it that way. This week we're doing twentieth or 21st century TV comedies. And for people out there stupid like me, um, <laughs> just so you know, that means that they're TV shows that are from this century, okay? So when people say, oh, did you take Fulcan Cheers or Seinfeld? Well, because that was not from this Now, century. it had, to, okay, it had so, to debut 2000 or after, correct? Okay. Correct, 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 yes. Um, all right, so, well, you have, definitely had the first pick last week because you took Tony right. Soprano, obvious pick. Um, I don't, there's no Tony Soprano in this category, I don't think, or at least not for the average person. But since I am starting this, there is a Tony Soprano for me. There, there is a clear cut, very obvious one. Everybody knows. I mean, if you don't know, I don't know what to tell you right at this point. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely taking The mm -hmm. Office. It's, it's not just my favorite TV comedy of the 21st century. It's my favorite TV show period of, of all times. Nine seasons. I loved that show. Pretty much from beginning to end, the characters, it is funny, but it was more than just funny, man. There was good story arcs. There was some drama from time to time. There was a lot of sentimental moments. Uh, Michael Scott, to me, is one of the funniest TV characters of all time. I love Dwight Trude. He was so underrated. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, man. I, I, what am I going to add? Everybody already knows. If you follow me on Twitter, whatever, I've done, I've power ranked every single episode ever of The Office. By the way, I'm going to plug something, okay. Joe. I have a 650 multiple choice quiz that I'm getting ready to put out. It's done. I've been sitting on it. At some point, if you're an office fan, I got a 650 question quiz that I'm going to bang out sometime in the fall for, for fans of the show. I put literally a couple months into doing that. So the, anyway, wow. that'll be later this fall, but yeah, clear cut for me. No, no, no doubt about it. No braider. I, I got the office. So you got two. I've got? got, uh, I've got arrested development. Okay. Um, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> and like, it, to me, it might be a bit of a risk to pick that uh, just because the last like Netflix seasons weren't great. Um, but the, uh, but as far as I'm concerned, that that's a, that's a perfect show. <laughs> that's it's it, the, the, the humor on it is just so damn good. And I can't, I can't help it. Like Jason Bateman was born for that. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So perfect. And uh, my other one is going to be, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. 
Oh, I had that ranked high. I thought I might be safe with that in no, the second or third. No, round. And, and like I knew that was going to be on your radar. So it's 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 a half defensive pick, but also a very worthy pick <laughs> because I did not I did not need you getting the office and sunny on your in your five. Like I just did not need that. So uh, yes, it, I I don't have to explain that pick at all. <laughs> I don't have to justify show, it. It's so great. That show is so many groups of friends without people even realizing. And here's what I mean by that. <laughs> So they're best friends, but they fucking throw each other under the bus so bad. <laughs> and it reminds me like of my close group of friends. We're mm-hmm. like that too. Like we all love each other, but we talk shit about each other. We're nasty. We're terrible to each other. We do silly, stupid shit to each other. That's what Sony in Philadelphia is in a nutshell, mm-hmm. man. I fucking love that show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was going to be one of them. That was in my top three. I'm just going to tell mm-hmm. you that right now. All right, so I got two here. I'm feeling good about this. The, the first one is actually a show that I'm binge watching right now as we speak. It's been like, so I got my home office here set up and I got a, a TV on the wall and I've been binging it on Netflix. 30 Rock. Okay. Absolutely. I love that show. Actually, and I like it now more re-binging it than I did when it first aired. And man, Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey are awesome. Mm. And I, I remember the first time I liked it, I didn't like Tracy Murray quite as much. He was annoying to me, but actually as I'm watching it back now, he's funny as shit. And by the way, the only other show I could think of might be Seinfeld where there, I, I can't believe how many celebrity cameos there mm-hmm. are. Like people who are famous and, and in some cases they have recurring roles like Matt Damon. I just watched in season four. He was on a handful of times. He played a pilot, one of Tina Fey's love interests. He had a lot of celebrity love mm-hmm. interests in it. Anyway, absolutely love that show. So I'm going to go 30 rock and then I'm going to go, uh, this is where it gets hard, man, because now I got two that I really like, mm-hmm. and I can only take one. I can only take one. One of them's one that's been drafted and other things we've done. It's going to be very hard if I don't take it. So, God, I'm I'm stuck here. I'm stuck because I counted on Sunny in Philadelphia as a second-round <laughs> pick. I knew I was going to get the office, and I was hoping for 30 Rockets, Sunny in Philly, so I went halfway the way I wanted it to. I'm going to take – I'm going to take – Parks and Rec. Oh, I'm going to take wreck. Parks and Rec. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to so take Parks and Rec. That. Okay. I, I would have that show amongst my top. It's still obviously very high on my list of all-time comedies, not just a century, but I would have it even higher. I hated the way it ended, the, like the time jump at the, in the finale, the way it just went to all through all those mm-hmm. years. That said, that's one of those shows to me that every season it just seemed to get better Mm -hmm. it never really dropped it never tailed off it never jumped the shark so to speak i just love that that cast rob lowe was probably my favorite on the show i i I just loved him i say literally (laughs) literally all the time to this day there's a lot of people out there who think parks and rec is better than the office i obviously don't think Mm -hmm. that but yeah it's great show so by the way i'm i'm clearly on a big nbc kick right now because all three of my shows were nbc picks um all right, so yeah, you got two. You've had Arrested Development, you got Sunny and Philly, and now you got two. Uh, so I think I'm gonna pick the other show that you're that you were thinking up here, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Because wow. <laughs> yeah. um, when you started breaking it down, I was like, he's gonna take Curb. He's gonna take Curb, and like he's I really yeah. wanted to. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to justify any part of it. <laughs> it's just a damn good. No. Um, so yeah, Cur- I Larry David obviously uh brilliant um Susie Essman you know great. Joe you, you're right and not, not to cut yeah. you off on your own pick but you know why that show's so amazing 
is Larry David as funny as he is, just like The Office. Like, Michael Scott's a star. There's no question about it. But it's so much more than him. Well, I just mentioned last week, Susie Green. I think she's one of the most underrated funny people. Richard Lewis, mm -hmm. Ted Danson, Cheryl Hines. It's just an unbelievable cast. They're all so fucking funny, man. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, Kurt. Like it, it had to be like I had to pick her bear. Um, next one, you're right. This is where it gets sketchy. This is very much where it gets sketchy because there's shows that I'm I have no desire to pick, but it's just like uh, maybe they're crowd pleasers, and I'm just like, mm. um, <laughs> but no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick an animated series, and I'm gonna pick Archer. Archer, Archer okay. I freaking love Archer. Like it's it's it became such a great vehicle because of uh because of h john benjamin just because he has that voice and you're just like oh well yeah of course he's great <laughs> of course he's great like it's it's the same voice he it's i mean it's his voice it's not like he's putting on it's not like he's not like he's using a character uh character name or anything but it's just like or a character voice like he's just that's just him that's that's what he does mm -hmm. like aisha tyler's great and then of course jessica walter incredible like it's everything about that is just so good and yeah so archer archer gets my get i get the first animated show off the board here i'm going to i, I have not i'm interested in seeing how that plays i honestly have not seen a lot of mm -hmm. archer so i really can't have a a take on that all right so i got two more here one of them for me is pretty easy i'm gonna take Chappelle's show it only ran for like three mm -hmm. seasons but to me, it was some of the greatest skit comedy that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, to this day, the, the Rick James episode and a handful of others. It, it, it's just an unbelievably funny show. And I think it just took Dave Chappelle to a whole other level. I wish it would have been on for longer. But yeah, man, it's one of my favorite comedies of the century. This is the hardest one, though. God, so I, I got two. And I don't think you're going to take either of them. So I, it's not like I'm thinking if. I'm not trying to play any defense here. It's just a question of my own personal preference. And I'll mention the other one afterwards. Because again, I don't think you're going to take it. Ugh. One of them is more popular than the other. Mm -hmm. The other one might be slightly more funny. Uh... <laughs> this is where it gets hard, mm -hmm. man. This was a draft, I think, where the first two to three rounds were relatively yeah. easy. Like I think our first five or six picks were pretty easy. Certainly your first three and my first three. And I think these last two for each, which might make or break us. Um, you know, I, I, I got to do it, man. I got to Shit's Creek. I, I'm going to go Ooh, with Shit's okay. Creek. I, I love that show. Mm -hmm. David Rose is the, probably the funniest character I've ever seen. Now I'll say this. It's so much more than a comedy. That's just like a really feel good show. Mm -hmm. Just about acceptance. And just, it made me, and I remember living in Florida. I'm like, I'm like, this little shit small town. Not that Buffalo's a shit small town. Buffalo's right. a fairly large town, but just that feel where everybody knows each other, man. It's just, I, I started longing for Buffalo in part from watching shows like Shit's Creek. And again, it, it's funny as hell. D David, he's one of the funniest characters I've ever seen. I'm not going to tell you. Well, I'll tell you afterwards who I didn't take. But yeah, Shit's Creek. By the way, so now you've had four, so you're going to finish off this draft. I am. And I've got... There's two, there's two I could pick from, and one of them is related to one of the one of my choices from last week. And if I was gonna hang the loss on anything, I might have to because of my because of that pick, but I don't want to because I feel perfectly justified by that. But I'm gonna pick one that uh, 
as much as oh, like you, you got now you, I know what you're you got about. in my head with Archer thinking like eh, it might hurt you and I'm like yeah, you're not wrong you're you're not wrong there um but I I this isn't like a crowd appeal one this is just because I have a dumb sense of humor <laughs> um <laughs> I'm gonna pick Letter Kenny I love that joke. yeah um and this isn't me saying like screw that other screw the other show which the other show is veep by the way um right i i figured yeah. that out when you talked about last um week. veep's brilliant veep's great but letter kenny my god man if there's a show now where people just randomly pull out quotes and just just like say dumb shit from it or pull out rando gifts and and whatever it's freaking letter kenny man and like if you haven't watched it my god get on hulu and watch it <laughs> like get get that caught show. up and just freaking watch it. It's so good. And what what reminded me though is that you picked Shit's Creek and it's it was originally a Canadian like it was only on Canadian uh TV and then people were just like no shit this is really funny. Um and Letterkenny was the same way. I think it might even been like the same uh the same like channel, like Canadian channel, like Crave I think it was. Yeah, I think yeah. it was Crave. Yeah, yeah, I think they were both Crave shows and that reminded me. It's like, oh, it's like, oh shit, Letter Kenny. It was like, God damn it, I have to, t- I have to take Letter Kenny. And then I was like, oh no, I have one, p- I have one pick left. So yeah, um, look up any any clips of Letter Kenny if you haven't watched it. And my God, man, it's it, it's piss your pants funny. It's it's so good. Let me say this. Let me say this. I I I can't again. I don't I don't know how it's gonna play out with fans. Just like Archer. I don't have an opinion on Archer because I really haven't seen it. However, I'll tell you this, and this is the truth. I quite literally kept Hulu for a month longer than I was going to because I was binging Letter mm-hmm. Kenny. That show is fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> Wayne, Jonesy, Riley, <laughs> the, the hockey guys and the shit talking in the locker mm-hmm. room. I absolutely love that show. That That's a great critical pick. Like that might not do well at the box office, but like that's a great critical pick, like in inner circles of people who actually are in the TV comedies mm-hmm. and care about it a lot, not just a casual fan. I think that's the kind of pick that will be uh, very, very well received. You know, it's funny is because so I wrote out a list and I obviously, again, because I didn't really watch Archer. I didn't have it on there. But every other show that we mentioned, I have uh, on our short mm-hmm. list. I have Arrested Development, obviously. Sunny Philadelphia was third. Kirby Enthusiasm was right there, four or five for me. Uh, Letter Kenny's actually on the bottom part mm-hmm. of my list. And Veep, the one that you talked about, the only one, the one I was struggling with where I said it was Shit's Creek. And I don't even know if you've ever watched this show. I almost took the league. Yeah. You ever watch yeah, that no, I, on FX? It's, it's been out I of my mind funny. for a while because I, I think, they, I think they just stopped making it or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was, that was totally out of my mind. I did not think about it. I'm mad. I like, cause in my mind, I associated Chappelle show with college. So for me, that's a lot of gray area where it's just like, is it late nineties or is it two thousands? And like, I didn't even think because in my mind, I was like, oh, I must be like 98, 99. Oh man, that, that came out after I was out of college. And I was like, uh, so now I'm just like mad at myself about that one for. Yeah, it came out. I, you got me a little like, well, No, you said it. it, it was, I was, I was, 2003 I, is when it Well, that's what made like, me check. Ooh. Like you mentioned it. I was like, oh shit, that was 99. I'm pretty sure. No, I was off by four years. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Fuck time, man. But, but yeah, yeah, for the most part, I think we, I, I had pretty much the same list for the most part in the same order. So to recap, all right, I took The Office, 30 Rock, 
Parks and Rec, Chappelle Show, and Schitt's Creek, and Joe Drafted, Arrested Development, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Archer, and Letter Caddy. Let's see if I get a little winning streak going. That's one thing I haven't done. Well, obviously, because I've only won three times out of 16 mm-hmm. weeks, but uh, see if I get a little winning streak going here, man. You might. You might. I, 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 I think you're right. Archer might have hurt me, but me forgetting fucking Chappelle show is more is more gonna kill me than anything because oh my god <laughs> ah i'm so i'm yeah. so anguished over this my god and you took it right after i took archer so i'm just uh. well this will be out on twitter on friday afternoon so you can either go to my twitter handle at pamaran tweets or or at chill yard and one of ours will put that poll up there vote for your favorite Dude, well, if again, I eat it, if I eat a fat L on this one, it'll be it'll be deserved from just forgetting. Fuck. <laughs> so next week, Sabers training camp review. We'll have a Buffalo Bills Miami game to talk about. We'll start to look forward to Washington new protocols to be in place again. That game will be a home game for Buffalo Week Three. Uh, we'll have a new starting five, and hopefully, hopefully, I, I don't want to confirm this yet, but hopefully, we will be back at Casey's Black Rock who does present this show on Fridays, and we'll be doing a, a live show, a live taping there next week as well. But regardless, as always, buddy, good to have you on the podcast, man. Always a good Always time. fun to wrap up the week talking to you, bud. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.